0: Shake that thing, miss, can I, can I shake that thing, miss, I better shake that thing, yeah, da na da and Rebecca. Oh man, get busy Just say that booty do stop When the beat drop, just keep swinging it, get jiggy Get conked up, percolate anything You want we call it the if I don't take pity I want to see you get life on the rhythm of my ride And my lyrics up about electricity you nobody care I'll do you nothing Cause you don't know your destiny Yo, sexy ladies want part with us You know, the car with us, them not walk with us You know, the club, them want flex with us To get next with us, them not vex with us
1: I'm not going to lie. This song still jams. I ain't going to lie. I was just listening just to it. Just get you moving right there here. It, y'all. Just, just get you moving. moving, dog. I was, just just, I was like, moving. I'm moving. I don't even know why I'm yeah. moving. I don't think <laughs> you can listen to this jam and not move your body a little bit, man. <laughs> I agree. Wow. Good stuff there. Yeah. Man, what year is this? This is like 90. This, I was still young, so 90. Let's say early 90s. 90, go
2: 92. No, this is way later than that. Is it? Really? Way later than that. Wow. 2002? 2002. Yeah. Wow. I thought was 10, I was 10 years old.
1: Oh. Yeah. I thought I, was, I thought I was way younger than that when this came really? out.
2: This made you feel younger.
1: It does make you feel younger. Because it gets you, you moving. gets you moving. Uh, it gets okay. the people going. <laughs> 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 we'll get into the uh, NBA lottery, which is happening tonight. And about an hour from now, it'll kick off. So we'll start uh, with some discussion about the NBA lottery, at least the NBA lottery's uh, at least the star of the NBA lottery, I should say, which is Victor Winbanyaba because he is supposed to be a generational talent. Uh, Woj actually saying, uh, Asian Wojnarowski, saying that he potentially could be the greatest prospect in team sports to come out professionally. I know. That seems like could be hyperbole, but there, we'll tell you why those expectations are ridiculously high for Victor Winbinyama. We'll get into that here in just a second. If we have some time, we'll throw in some Texas football conversation. I want to get into that article from 247 Sports about the most dangerous teams in college football and the Longhorns mm-hmm. are mentioned. If we don't get to that, then we can bump it to next segment while we get into some NBA discussion here. Alright, Jim, let's talk about Victor Winbinyama who is supposed to be the uh, number one overall pick in the draft. Know they have the draft, but the lottery is tonight to determine who has that number one overall pick. The team's with the best odds to have the number one overall pick, the Spurs, uh, the Rockets, and the Detroit Pistons all with fourteen percent odds to get that number one overall pick. And yes, whoever that is, it'll end up being Victor Wembanyama. What I love about the story number one is it, the genes, right? It's mm-hmm. just the genes. Period. That's why he's seven five or seven four, whatever you want to say. Because you, you, man, as Patrick mentioned. There ain't no way that you can, as a you know, as a an organization, to look past size and height because naturally it just gives you in basketball an advantage, a distinct advantage. And for him, you're talking about seven five. He'll come into the NBA as one of the tallest players in the history of the NBA as soon as he comes into the league. He's got a seven nine wingspan. That also will be one of the longest wingspans in NBA history, whenever that becomes official. And the, the background, though, is probably what's more impressive. So his mom, this is where the height comes from, mom is 6'3". Her name is Elodie, and she's a former pro basketball player. She has been described as a basketball addict, gentlemen, mm-hmm. uh, that she loved the game that much. She was an addict. That's why she is now a basketball coach. So she went from being a former pro player to being a pro coach. That's where his addiction and love of the game comes from. It's actually from mom. Mom's side. Actually, is where your basketball skill comes from, too. Dad's side is just overall athleticism. Dad is Felix. Felix is 6'6", former long jumper. And who also now works as a track coach with young track athletes. Grandfather was Congolese and was seven foot plus. All right. Just as a regular old just regular old Joe. <laughs> right? I'm not sure his name wasn't Joe, but you get my point. <laughs> All right, he's a seven-foot man. So it's in the jeans. And what I love about it is starting to get into how his background really just it, it, it allowed him to evolve into i the perfect basketball machine. He was a middle child. Brother is 6'6", six, six, is a basketball player. Uh, sister 6'1", she's a basketball player. He was sandwiched in between basketball culture. He, he'd been immersed in it from yep. his mama mm-hmm. because his mom is obsessed with it, and he's been he now sandwiched in between it. His mom claims that all she ever cooked for them and made for them was organic food. She claims, this is mom's claim, not and basically, Victor has disputed this claim. He says she may have exaggerated. Uh, Elodie prided herself on giving her children natural and organic food and proclaimed she never, ever made the same dish for them twice. Ooh. We know that's a bunch of BS. Because you want mom's favorite dishes. you know. Come on, mom. I want this, this spaghetti's on point. I need the spaghetti. She's like, no. You get something else.
0: I want you to try
1: everything. <laughs> exactly. So, Mama exaggerates a little bit, but it just got you gets you into uh, the thought about, you know, how they have, with his upbringing, they've been thinking about him in this, um, in this kind of level of competition, at this level of competition for a while. Like I yep. said, they were, they were thinking that one of their kids would end up being special in the athletic realm, and it turns out Victor Wimbenyama is the guy. Now, when you grow to 7'5, usually you grow awkwardly, um, and you end up being a lanky, long um, uh, athlete, but you don't look very coordinated. All right, you can be an athlete, but just not look coordinated. And oftentimes, that's not really the fault of someone who's just seven foot whatever. They end up looking like a baby giraffe, not him. The thing that makes his game extra freaky, and that's that's another extra freaky, is because his dad is a track coach. His dad was basically a pain in his you know what. Mm -hmm. constantly he talks about that that he couldn't even walk up the stairs without his dad telling him to lift his legs he said basically victor was basically training his body just living with his uh dad as a track coach when he was going up the stairs his father was telling him how to finish his climb and with his size i think his parents have been important in his development so they saw him developing and they wanted to focus on mechanics yep the, the body mechanics of the running and about how he was able to use his body, as to, to weaponize his body, if you will, uh, as a basketball player. And that's a big part of why he looks so fluid at 7'5". Another reason he's so fluid is, and he's kind of freakish, is his handles. Everybody talks about, man... A 7'5 guy. We've never seen a guy this tall be able to handle the rock the way he does. Yep. His former basketball coach. I don't know if it's a former, but his youth basketball coach, Kareem Bobekri. He was interviewed. And he grew up a huge fan of Isaiah Thomas and uh, his handles. And also used to watch a lot of and one videotapes. And he also was a big fan of Pistol Pete back in the day. And he would... Basically, instruct all of his players that he was coaching his uh, this youth basketball players. He was coaching when Benyama being one of them that they had to make sure that they did all the same drills. All right, to uh, you know, to obviously in- in enhance their ball handling skills, and they forced Win Benyama even when he got to the point where he was six ten yep. and he was outgrowing the rest of the crew. This guy, uh, Boubekri said, no, I made him do all the same drills as all the guards. I wanted his handles to be the same as guards. And Boubekri said he didn't mind because when Binyama didn't want to grow up to be a big man. Yep. He had this dysmorphia, if you will. He always thought himself as a skilled guy. Yep. And it's like, well, you're growing a your seven-foot person, but you think of yourself as a skilled guy, which is why his handles never fell off. He never lost the skills in the handles because he continued to practice those drills, which is why scouts say he's got the best handles they've ever seen for a guy his size.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and let's there's a lot of guys who have that don't ever want to be a big guy because they just don't like playing back to basket. They also don't like you kind of get knocked into a role, which sucks because a lot of times are like, well, we're just going to put you down there and you don't give you a part of the offense anymore. You don't get to create anymore. You don't mm-hmm. get to do that, but guys like Kevin Durant was notorious. That Kevin Durant's like seven one, but he would always put in there. He's like no six eleven. Ke- Kevin Garnett six eleven. All those guys, we ever see a guy, you're like that dude's like seven one. He's six eleven because he doesn't want to be a big.
1: Right? That's, uh, yeah, he said they, that's a good point about KD. He said KD would lie down about his height. Yeah, no, the, a lot of those guys do because <laughs> right.
2: they, once you re, once you're seven foot, you're a seven footer. You're in the post. You're doing that. Yeah, and it's changed now because the games changed so much, but. At the time they were coming up, they're like, if you're a seven-footer, you're a post-up player. And so Mm. there's a lot of guys who grew up in that mindset of like, no, I don't want to be that because that's boring. And then guys like Dirk and now Kevin Durant and Kevin Garnett – Change that kind of mindset, yeah. Where they they're like, oh no, you can be that big and play. So now you get a guy like Win and everybody's excited to see him. And not everybody's going. Well, we got to teach him how to back up. Great well, point. It's like the, the mobile quarterback Magic, thing. Yeah, yeah. they
0: should have let Magic Johnson be the trendsetter for it because Magic yeah. Johnson's six foot nine, playing mm-hmm. point guard, in dishing and playing better than a small guard. That's a great point. I mean, those are some of the times that you went back and you would look at it and say all right, this dude really can handle the basketball. He can play multiple positions. If he can find a mismatch, he's going to take that mismatch. And that's why when people always talk about nobody wants to talk about foot problems, well, it's either tall. You can have foot problems when you're younger too. Michael Jordan had broke his foot multiple times when he was playing basketball For for the Bulls. The foot and ankle. Yeah, they always say that. And and it it changes from time to time. But when you start looking at these guys that are playing on the perimeter, that can shoot threes, that can handle the basketball. I mean, you mentioned a couple players, but Anthony Davis was one of those guys. He was one that shot up out of nowhere Mm. and became that guy because he was a point guard before. That's why he had the ball skills. That's why he was able to dribble. And then all of a sudden, boom, he shoots up six, seven inches, and you're like, uh-oh. Oh, yeah. What do we do now? And he was like, well, just keep letting him handle the ball. I remember when uh, my son Michael, my older son, was playing. We were playing in an AAU tournament, and I saw, saw Kyle Anderson playing point guard at like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, and I was like, this dude is a point guard. Still moving that slow. Yeah, He was still moving that slow, <laughs> but he was handling that rock huh. and was able to distribute. So we've seen guys be able to do that and be able to be that skillful big man as we were talking about like Kevin Durant too.
1: Yeah, no, it's yeah, right. He so he is this he is this He's the, a freak. He's a modernized version of all of those stories you brought up. Like going back to Magic Johnson who early in his career, I believe was his rookie year, he played center too. Right yep. in the playoffs, they put him at center because they needed him for an emergency situation, but also played point guard. So we've been moving closer and closer to positionless basketball. We talk about positionless football at the time. Yep. Positionless basketball was way before positionless football. No, no. And he is somebody that embodies that because yeah, a guy who is that size, he's not supposed to be this mobile. He's not supposed to be able to sprint the floor, mm-hmm. but he can sprint the floor. Right. It's a freaky thing to watch a 7'5 guy sprint the floor, but he can sprint the floor. And it's—I pr- mean, honestly, like I said, his dad's a track coach. He doesn't look awkward. Right. It is weird to watch it because, like I said, most big guys they don't have great running form and they're not—they're not always the the most coordinated. Right. There's a still kind of a lanky, like I said, baby giraffe uh feel to them. Not this dude, man. He's got great coordination and he's just—he's a true skilled big. We talk about. Jokic being a skilled big. Mm -hmm. He's a skilled big, but also a freakishly athletic big. He's both. Right. Right. (laughs) Which is, is AD and Jokic. Just combine them and then and add some KD to that. Sprinkle some no KD doubt. in there. Will, what, I think Derek Rose. Was it Derek Rose? I believe they, they got a lot of stars because I, I, I wrote down these quotes from all these stars about you know, about how great uh when was when they first saw him. Mm-hmm. LeBron called him an alien. Steph said he was a he's getting cheat code type vibes watching him. Giannis said he'll be one of the best to ever play the game. And I believe it was Derrick Rose who said he reminds me of KD, if I'm not mistaken. It was a star. I'll, I'll, I'll get that quote, but I, it was a star that said it reminds me of just KD. He's a he's just a taller, longer KD. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's scary.
2: Yeah, that <laughs> is scary. And I, don't,
1: I don't think he's as athlete, I don't think he's as uh, offensively proficient as mm-hmm. a KD was with all the the different weapons and you know, I, I, I think mean, well that's the thing is he's he's wall. a little
2: bit better shooter than KD was early on. Ooh but wow. not as great of a scorer. So yes. so yeah. that thing where if you split him out at the three point line, he can he can hit some shots. And when you'd watch him play and he would just basically dribble like dribble around a guy and just take a three pointer and hit it and you go that's hard to do if you're a 6-5, but when you have to talk about how the 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 travel of the ball, yep. the arc of the ball to get it to go in when mm, you're that tall. Yes. It's just a harder, it's a weirder wow. shot to do and if you move it all it just changes all the the physics of it, so it's hard, It's a hard shot to hit. He does it with a lot of ease. So you watch, and for everybody's asking about injuries, anyone can be at hurt in the NBA. It's a professional sport. People get hurt. Kawhi Leonard did not look like he was going to be hurt. He'll probably never be the same player ever again. Uh, Joel Embiid was a guy that looked like he was never going to play a full season. He just won MVP, and I know he got knocked out of the playoffs, but he did just win MVP. So there's like there's different sides and we can say the you need a thicker guy, Zion Williamson is thick. He has played like twenty games in his career. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh yeah, it just we don't we won't know. Until you know, and you plays, just can't you can't pass
2: yeah. on a unicorn because well maybe down the road they could get hurt. That is that's backing yourself in a corner. Cause you know what? You can draft Scoot Henderson, who's smaller and a really good player, and you know what? He could get hurt, too.
1: Yeah, that's like that's like not wanting to fall in love because you're scared of getting your heart broke. It's like, who gives a damn? It's going to happen. You're, you're going to miss out on the best thing that's ever happened to you because you're too damn scared of getting your heart broke? No. Yeah. Hell no, man. We drafted with Benyama baby and we we're, we're going for We're going, going, going for all in, man. <laughs> we're going all in, man. And we're drinking Kool-Aid. We just has it out, passed out cups of Kool-Aid, man. You was <laughs> <laughs> Kool-Aid? Drink that Kool-Aid, baby. Sip it up. How many Sip titles it up? Not one. Not two. Not three. <laughs> we drinking that
2: Kool-Aid. And he'll get hey, hurt no. we'll be
1: like, All right, we'll be sad <laughs> about <laughs> exactly. it and hey, drink right. some more.
2: We're in the NBA now. Now this is what JMs are like, how many contracts is he gonna sign? Not one, not two. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that is true. That's
2: a good point. We gotta deal with that, but hey
1: man, we're going uh, we're going to live it up while we can, especially if the Rockets end up getting that number one overall pick. But the Patrick Spurs also hoping that'll be the case. And remember I told y'all, nobody's had better luck in the draft. And I probably didn't have to do the research on that. You nope. probably could go off the eye test if you're an NBA fan. No doubt. Nobody's had better luck when they are in the lottery than the freaking Spurs. But they actually have had the fewest times in the lottery of any team in the NBA. So as the texter said, they don't call on Lady Luck very often. But when they do, she be a coming. And yeah. I, I hate to admit it, but I think they're right about that. Lady Luck knows that if she hooks the Spurs up, that it won't be in vain. Mm-hmm. They won't be wasted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they'll be able to get the most out of that prospect. Go to hey. H-Town, 50-50 shot. i hey, also,
2: also <laughs> say, and Houston's got some picks too. If you look at the Spurs' future picks of what they're going to be able to build, with anybody, if you get any of those top three guys, what they'll be able to build in the, in the coming years, For the Spurs, knowing that they have some picks from a team like Toronto who may be going into a rebuild or Charlotte, who if they don't get this number one pick, maybe going into a rebuild. Like some of these picks they got coming up in drafts, Atlanta, Mm -hmm. if this Trey the Trey Young experiment doesn't work and they don't move they don't know what DeJounte Murray, those could be some decent picks you could be getting the first round. And if not, they're picks that you can trade off and try and bring in some other talent to play with the young guys you got.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. That's the scary thing. So what team, because let's say that the lottery doesn't, it defies the odds of the lottery, right? What team that doesn't have great odds to get that number one pick would essentially break the NBA?
2: Uh, I mean, you go Dallas. Be the you go yeah. Dallas <laughs> yeah. because you put Luka in them on it. But I don't think that breaks it because I don't know if they play together as well as people well, would. you definitely got to fire Jason Kidd and get out of here. Yeah, say At that happen. point, every single coach would be like, yeah,
1: we'll be there. Oh, that's true. That's a great point. You would not have any problem hiring. You can still a coach. Yeah. You can go poach a great coach. We just will just trade everybody <laughs> else if we could
0: get you as our coach.
1: Yeah. You know what? I was thinking about another Portland
0: yeah, You know, yeah. Dame
1: Lillard's been really loyal to them, and there's talk that Dame Lillard might be done with Portland that experiment. But if you get Wemby, though, with a Dame Lillard, that could be pretty dangerous. Yeah. I don't it know about It could I'd be. Li-
2: I don't know. I just don't trust him to build a franchise. That's true. I don't know Because they're, they're thinking, really yeah. cheap. Yeah. And they just—they continue to do this thing where they're like, eh, it's not working. We'll move on. So yeah. it's just one of those ones where you'd see it and then go, well, does he leave in four years— when Dame and they just go, ah, didn't work. Nah,
1: that, I, I don't disagree with that. I, that that would be interesting because Portland, their odds It'd are be interesting. Yeah, Portland's not too far off too in the odds, um, and so that they actually have ten percent. They have, uh, I believe it's something like 10% odds for them. Yeah,
0: it's not it's not a huge, odd, uh, but it's better than most. I mean, yeah. you sit there and look at right? Yeah, yeah, they're in yeah, the so yeah, middle be, of the road. Yeah, they, yeah. Got
1: a, they got a better shot than the Mavs. So the Mavs are just hoping, like Patrick said, to uh, help, to basically, you want, they want to be inside the top 10 because their protected pick is inside the top 10. That's what they want. And yeah. that's first and foremost. And then after that, whatever Lady Luck will provide.
2: Yeah, and if New Orleans gets it again, everybody's like, come on, man can't have everybody on that one team. <laughs> What's your conspiracy theory? Uh, Charlotte. Okay. Charlotte is a, the conspiracy theory, and this is just simple, is that I like it. Michael Jordan has talked about selling the team and normally, if you're, a, if you're a group of owners that wants to increase your value for everybody, yeah. you want to sell the team at the highest value. How do you sell the team at the highest value? You give them the number one overall pick in a and a career franchise guy, and that it makes the team sell for another billion dollars. Easily. And so it raises everybody's net worth yep. because the the valuation of everybody's team goes up. Uh, it's kind of what they did with Zion Williamson in New Orleans. It's kind of what they did with – like when New Orleans was going up for sales, there was people that, oh, wow, you got their one pick. Oh, when co- when it coincides with a generational talent. And it and now, yeah. It's all luck. I do not think that the NBA is rigged. I'm not on that conspiracy theory because I understand how much would have to go into it to happen. It just doesn't seem likely that it would be able you'd be able to pull it off. Yeah, but
1: this is going to add fuel to the. But if Charlotte wins, conspiracy. I'll theory. tell you that's what I just know Patrick's I
2: already got it worked up. Well, well no, it makes that sense though. Yeah. This is the reason I have it yeah. is because people kept telling me reasons why teams would get it for conspiracy. And I'm like, no other owner or the NBA wants like that one team. It helps them out, but it doesn't really help the NBA. Right. This one does. This helps. Yeah, it helps billionaires become richer. That's why it makes sense. It is not a basketball decision whatsoever. Right. It's a money decision. That's why it makes and sense. And
1: billionaires like money. Yes. That is not a conspiracy. That is not a conspiracy. That was a facts. And they want more of the money. Yes. A get of money. They want The NFL's printing money right now, and they still are going to put a playoff game behind a paywall. Those billionaires yeah, like they money. They do. <laughs> they it. they, really
0: they find another way to get bread. <laughs> They're
1: yeah. like, that is the most watched television product in America. Americans are hooked on their product like, let's put it behind a paywall, see if they'll pay for it. Yeah,
0: And know, I know they will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least it, the teams uh, that they want to see, they
1: definitely yeah, will, because we are at. It'll, it'll be a playoff game. Yep, end up in a playoff game on Peacock. It'll be a playoff game, so yeah, there'll be a, there'll be a certain group that really will pay for that. I got Peacock at the house only mm-hmm. because my wife is addicted to trash TV, and there are a ton there are tons of trash TV on Peacock because they're the Bravo yeah, people. I, I have say Peacock
2: because there's we, wrestling. You can say we are addicted I to only trash watch, TV.
1: I only watch a couple of The Real Housewives and I watch Vanderpump Rules. I could give you a tremendous breakdown, but I want. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't
2: got Actually, Peacock also. Wrestling fans all have Peacock. They will ah, have. It. There, you right. See, yeah, there you go. See, there you go. Because all the. the oh, uh, all the wrestling The oh, former pay per views and stuff are all on Peacock.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, yeah. you can watch all. So w, the Peacock bought the WWE network, so everything's ah, on there. there you you Peacock's all, that's
1: That's pretty smart. I, I don't know. I got Peacock. That's one of the mini How many streaming apps do you have? access to it. That's what house. I'm
0: saying. It's ridiculous. I got
1: Netflix now. Yeah. We got Apple now, Apple TV now. We got Amazon because everybody's got freaking Amazon. It mm-hmm. comes with Amazon. Uh We have Hulu only because we're stealing it from my mother-in-law. <laughs> we have, uh, man, I, I got Peacock because my wife is, she shares an account with her homegirls. They like yeah. have shared an account now and they basically just Venmo each other, which is that's not bad. And I have HBO just because of with my cable, Showtime, also, Showtime, anytime,
2: mm-hmm. and I
1: have Paramount.
2: We yeah, I got mean. it. Do you got ESPN Plus?
1: No, I have actually no sports ones at all. <laughs> 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 Considering this my job, I should have more. Well, not. you can sports say Peacock. You can say
2: Peacock is now a sports one.
1: Pretty much, yeah, it is now. And Apple TV is too. You yeah, can get yeah, uh, MLS on Apple and yeah. you get baseball on Apple too. Yeah. So. Actually, every streaming platform now is going to sports because sports and news are the only two things that Americans will watch live. Everything else we stream and we watch it delayed on DVR. We actually will watch sports live and we'll watch news live and disaster porn we watch live. Those three things are where broadcasters are trying to invest. Sounds crazy, but it's true. All right. Let's get to, we'll talk Texas football on the other side. Uh, Why is Texas the most dangerous team in college football? We'll discuss on the other side right here on Ball, Don't Lie, 104.9.
2: Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one. With your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence.
0: All right,
1: happy. welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn, Top of the Charts Tuesday. Oh man, this song—I gotta tell you—it's one of those songs that feels like torture listening to it. <laughs> and I wait, do, what? It does. This song to me is like just razor blades in my ears. So if we we're saying if
2: this was like if uh, if you were in a hostage situation and they were gonna try and get you to leave the house, they just play this outside and you're out of the house
1: remember in Guantanamo Bay they played some- <laughs> no <I'm serious. laughs>
2: yeah, I'm not- you just
1: would no. say to Guantanamo Bay <laughs> no it's a historic example <laughs> a didn't didn't they like it wasn't some of the oh you know what I probably get myself in trouble here but I do believe during some of the 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 torture techniques involved music where they would just play music yeah when they were yeah. torturing some of the
2: yes yeah uh, I mean you played a repeat but that's, that's like that's been an old school thing. <laughs> Is they used to do, like, in standoffs and stuff, they would basically play the same song over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And just loudspeakers in there because it drives you crazy. Yes. Yeah, CIA used, yeah, like,
1: music yeah. To, to break, to try to break prisoners.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know. I, that you would be, know. But like, that, that, that would be one be for of you? the songs I would use. That's what my song to you, you yeah, use? That would use. you not
1: happy. If I was I'd be like, yeah, that song would work. That would really break a prisoner. It's just, that's terrible. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Sorry about that. All right. Let's <laughs> get to some. Let's get some Number low. one hit single. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're using very popular songs. All right. Uh, let's get to some Longhorn football discussion here because I saw this article uh, and it was from... I believe I, I believe it's horns twenty four seven, not horns twenty four, but two four seven sports. I think is a little bit more accurate. And the article basically was listing who they believe are the most dangerous teams in college football. Uh, and I guess what they mean by dangerous teams is the teams that can um, basically there are they are in a position to disrupt yep. the <clears> college football landscape. Um, it says since twenty fourteen, only fourteen different teams have reached the final four, including five, which made the the trip three or more times. And it's basically saying that the Longhorns could be one of these teams. It names 10. Uh, They got the Tulane, Green Wave, UCLA. Uh, Texas A&M is number eight. Not happening. Kansas State's (laughs) number seven. Uh, They got a lot of problems there. We agree with the Aggies. That's fair. South Carolina's number six. Tennessee Volunteers number five, Wisconsin Badgers four, Penn State Nittany Lions three, USC Trojans two. Which that's not a really a surprise to blow thing up. Lots of expect they got the they got the reigning Heisman Trophy winner there,
0: exactly, and a potential
1: number one overall pick. But then right uh, ahead of them, they have the Texas Longhorns, number one uh, most dangerous team in college football. Uh, essentially saying that the Longhorns could make a lot of noise. That Texas will be in the playoff, according to 247 Sports Way Too Early Bowl Projections. This team has one of the nation's most equipped rosters in getting through the Big 12 and finishing inside the top four, regardless of what happens at Alabama in Week 2. It would certainly help if the Longhorns find a way to win that one with several members of an elite 2023 signing class ready to play early and playmakers everywhere on offense. Texas is prime to be one of the teams in the conversation all season long. Yeah.
0: It, it, it.
1: So, it May, listen, we're drinking the Kool-Aid, all right? It ain't Kool-Aid it's supposed to, it's supposed to be, you know, the real deal. Yeah. All right, we don't want the flavor, we want the Kool-Aid. They're saying they believe too. Longhorns are going to be a disruptor this year. Man, come on, man. It's just, you know, I sit here and I believe
0: I want so to believe.
1: No.
0: I, I, I don't know how What's the criteria for being considered the most dangerous
1: team? I think I'm just saying, like, basically a team that can sneak up on everybody and end up being a a college football playoff contender to disrupt the entire landscape. Okay. Right? I mean, yeah, if everything
0: goes right and we we think they're poised to make a a serious run, I'm more looking at the Big 12 as opposed, excuse me, towards the playoff. Now, we obviously know if they win the Big 12, then. That means that they will find a way into the playoff if the win-loss record yes. kind of evens out. If it's not yeah. a nine-win nine, nine win team playing for the Big 12 championship, I, I'd agree with you on that. I was already saying the over-under is nine and a half. I, I had Texas at 10. I got them over. Um, so we'll, we'll see how this plays out. But, you know, it's kind of hard to figure out. If they're going to be that kind of landscape team, because you had some big time players on your team, we talked about Bijan, we talked about Rojo. You still mm-hmm. had you had the wide receiving core, you had the tight end, you had a lot of pieces that were that are coming back within this offense. But you've talked about it. How do you replace that guy? How do you replace Bijan Robinson? How do you replace a guy like Rochelle? I mean, Ro, uh, Rochon. I, that would be my other part of it. What are we going to do on the, on the offensive side of the ball with the running game to be mm-hmm. able to, you talked about committee for the Cowboys. This is going to be a committee for the Longhorns.
1: Yeah, I mean that – I think there are four to five questions you yep. can throw out there yep. about the Longhorns that could implode the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, send them on a, a downward spiral. I, I do, do like this. I do like this, by the way, guys. No, no, I know you like it. You, but you know, today you've been, you have been you like the Lakers, but you also I'm want to be realist. critical. You want yeah. to be real about yeah. it, about the Lakers' chances and you know what the the matchup presents. Yep. Um, and the same thing here. I think we all like this news. The Longhorns could be the most dangerous disruptor in college football, but we have a intimate knowledge of this team. Yeah. We have been watching this team, and we've also, we've also seen this before, right? We've been through this before, where mm-hmm. the, the hype is at an all-time high, it's a runaway train of hype. Everybody's drinking the Kool-Aid. Everybody's just wasted on that burnt orange Kool-Aid, and then we realize, nope, it was Flavor Aid. Four, five games in, mm-hmm. oh man, we got a hangover. Oh no, I, you know what, I, I, I can't take it right, right at this point. And, I, I, and the disappointment becomes too much for Longhorn fans, and then they lash out, and then the backlash happens. Everybody's really high on this team, and they should be high on this team. And in my opinion, this—I don't know—this uh, ranking here is just another example of the the no excuses uh, tour that I think Steve Sarkeesian is yep. about to embark on. That is um, it. There are, and he's even said it. We don't have weaknesses on our roster, mm-hmm. and they, as a team, right now, they look to be the most talented team in the Big Twelve. Now, truth be told, damn near every year <laughs> since nineteen ninety nine. If based on recruiting rankings, Texas had the most talented team in the Big 12. It's based on recruiting rankings since 1999 and blue chip ratio, but we all know that's only half the battle. You got to develop talent. You got to develop a positive culture. All right, and your scheme has to give you a tactical schematic advantage over your opponent. And Sark has got to win the chess match within the game and somehow find a way to subdue Coach Stephen and not allow him on that sideline. So there are things that could implode this season. I agree with you. Ain't the running game, which we saw mm-hmm. in the bowl game, mm-hmm. we saw the running game and what it looked like. Like without Bijan and Rojo, what it look like to you? Uh, trash.
0: Hey look. Okay,
1: real uh, great, right? That was a trash yeah. running game. It was terrible. They not even. I think they barely got three point, over three yards per carry. Mm-hmm. It's a bad running game. Not saying the team was bad. That running game was trash. And part of that was Coach Steven not going in his bag, being very arrogant about running the same plays he would have ran with Bijan and Rojo, but running them with Keelan Robinson as your bell car running back? Lead back. Dang coaching mistake. So, I'm with you. Running game can send it down a downward spiral. Leadership. You lost a ton of leadership. Mm-hmm. You lost Rojo, who was the heart and soul of the team. We know now that guy was a natural leader, especially because he played the quarterback position. Yep. You lost Bijan, a guy that was an exceptional human being, willing to be a leader. DeMarvin Overshawn, leadership, Kendrick Coburn, Remember Mauro Ojimo speaking out to the point where he had to be reprimanded by the coaches? He had to be muted for a when, while. <laughs> when keeping it real goes wrong, he was going to keep it real. That's a leader because he wasn't afraid of confrontation and telling it like it is. All right? That's a lead. You're going to miss leadership on the team. Remember Quinn Ewers, reluctantly, all right, in that quarterback position, he didn't want to be a vocal leader. Now he's got to be a vocal leader. Now it's unavoidable. All right? Jay Witt's got to be the leader for that wide receiving core. JT Sanders got to be the like. Kevin Banks, just a true freshman last year, but... Now one of the best tackles in the country, he's going to have to be a leader on that offense. And on defense, yeah, they're, they're going to be looking for leadership. Jaron Thompson, he's got to be a leader. So I think yep. leadership, or lack thereof, can also become an issue, and you you need leadership when, when you face adversity, and when you will face adversity when you go on the road, and you will go on the road to face the GOAT in Alabama. Mm-hmm. and There will be tons of adversity right there, and that's when leadership has to show up. I After love, lost to Tech, yep. Rojo had to call the team meeting. Love it. So that this, the, the season didn't go off the rails. So I'm with you. And by the way, Quinn Ewers could just regress. Mm-hmm. And then the season goes all the way down the drain, unless Malik Murphy turns out to be what we think Malik Murphy is. But still, my point is there are a few, four or five things that I think could really derail the season. But I am being very nitpicky, and I think I'm, I'm grasping at those things. How do I think Quinn's going to regress? No. Do I think they'll have leadership step up? Yes. Do I think they'll develop some semblance of a running game? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. It won't be an embarrassment like it was in that bowl game. By the way, Washington's defensive front very underrated and very very underrated. So I I, I, listen. I think I know. I am cautiously optimistic, and I know it could be derailed. But I think right now there is more reasons to be optimistic and positive about Texas football season than to be negative. Right. Way more.
0: What? Yeah. So I'm gonna drink the cooler. Uh, Okay. I'm with you. All right. I mean, well, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, I was gonna Kool-Aid. say there was I'm a difference. Sip it. There was I'm a difference. I'm gonna sip. I'm, I'm staying on my sips. Yeah, I'm
1: not gonna take it to the head. No, I'm, gonna gonna I'm not turning it, it up yet. Now nah, we don't turn it up yet. No, they beat Alabama. We turn it up. Yeah. Oh my goodness. They beat Alabama. Y'all
0: are gonna hate Ooh, us coming
2: in here on man. Monday.
1: Yeah, I don't even know. You talk about that's gonna be some some binge drinking <laughs> of some Kool Aid right there, man. Well, especially
2: you saw it tonight game too. Oh it's a night God. game. Yeah, they came yeah. out with the yeah. night game today. Oh, now the game time for that. That's gonna be yeah, yeah man. We're gonna
1: be doing Keg stands of Kool Aid and right mm. drinking Kool Aid there, man. It's going to Man, gonna be, hold up. Yeah, it, it'll be an unstoppable hype train. If they beat Bama, but that's a long way away. Yeah. Um, all right, we come back. We'll get in. We'll let you know what's on tap, and we'll uh, put a put a wrap on this thing right here on Ball Don't Lie on horn. Pop a top
2: again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Huh?
1: Oh
0: yeah. yeah, I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir.
2: I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's five o'clock
0: somewhere. Wait, it's already five o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap.
1: How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really good. That's
0: good. That is, good. That's- that is- Pop a top again.
1: Welcome back just, to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049, The Horn. Uh, we'll let you know what's on tap here in just a second. If you miss any part of the, of the shows, please go to hornfm.com and catch up with them on the podcast page. Uh, and also, uh, just remind uh, everybody out there uh, go check out flxatx.com too. You can go check that out, get all of your Central Texas high school uh, sports updates. All right, what's on tap for us? And I think we all got the same thing. What's on tap for you, Hershey?
0: 100% same thing. Basketball, basketball, basketball. Can't wait for this lottery and, of course, the basketball game.
1: <laughs> basketball, 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 yep. basketball, basketball.
2: Exactly. Uh,
1: Patrick, same thing.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm either celebrating or drinking myself into a stupor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, Lady Luck always takes care of the Spurs when they are in the lottery. If They is. are in the lottery again. I'm hoping the Rockets will have Lady Luck on their side as well. Woo! We'll be back tomorrow to discuss it and talk about it. Same time, same channel. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll be talking right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. Peace!